Church on the North Coast, please stand to your feet and welcome my grandfather, Dr. Kayton, as he comes and give the word. Hey, everybody. How are you? Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, I got an announcement to make that Tina wanted me to make. She's on her way over to the east side, further east than here, for a funeral this, today. But she said, ladies, please join me for a Bible study uh, for the rest of the summer on Saturdays beginning June 24th from 9 a.m. to 10.30 at the Avon Lake campus. So she'll be teaching there on emotional, healthy discipleship. Now, you want, you want to know what that's all about, but uh, I can give you just a synopsis of it. It's eight particular lessons. And, uh, for example, when God called Abraham to leave his country, leave his family, and go to a place that God would show him. There was some significance in that, that when we get saved, sometime we bring our grandpas with us. How we were raised, how we were influenced, and so how the kingdom can change that perspective and release you into your destiny. That's just one aspect, but I want you to think about it 24th of June, every Saturday following Avon Lake Campus, and it will be from 9 a.m. to 10.30. Then she said she wants to host a Lake Ladies Luncheon. I don't know where they're going to do it, but I got a feeling it's going to be by the lake, but I don't know where. <laughs> she wants to do that once a month just to hang out with all you girls, so uh, be looking for that. But just so I can give her an idea how many of you uh, girls would like to maybe show up for that Bible study starting June 24th at 9 o'clock? Can I see your hand? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Hold up, hold it. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Okay, if I counted correctly, that would be 22 people. So that is wonderful. And uh, she'll look forward to seeing you. Pray with me. Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your word because your word is eternal. You uphold all things by the word of your power. We thank you, Lord, because in the beginning you spoke and you created. We thank you, Lord, that the word was with God and the word was God. We thank you today, Father, that your word is where our eternal home will rest. Heaven and earth may pass away, but your word will remain forever. I'm asking now, Lord Jesus, that you think through my mind and speak through my words. I'm asking you, Father, that you prepare our hearts that we might have 100-fold return. We ask this now in Jesus' name. That everybody said amen. amen. Well, it's great to be with you. I've got a lot to share, but I'm going to try to do it in 30 minutes. How many believe that can happen this morning? You all are believing in miracles, right? Amen. I believe in miracles too. Um, you know, I, I try to exercise uh, daily, and I 
try to do five miles a day. My goal is to get 20,000 or more steps a day. Um, last year, I think I did uh, 4,700,000 steps. So that's a lot of steps. So I average about 50 to 60 miles a week. So often when I'm out walking, this is sort of like, you wouldn't understand this unless you're retired. If you're retired, you'll get it. But I go out walking in the morning, and I'm praying. It's my prayer walk as well. And often when I see somebody coming toward me, I'll say to them, like, whatever day it is, I'll say, Happy Monday. The Lord bless you. And they'll say, Oh, ha, 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 happy Monday to you, you know. But there's been many days where I'm walking by someone, and I'll say, God bless you. Happy Wednesday. And then I'll hear their voice as they turn around and say, it's Thursday. <laughs> so you wouldn't get that unless you're retired. <laughs> and I keep walking thinking, God, retirement is so good. I don't even know what day it is. And I don't really even care what day it is. <laughs> I just keep on walking. It's Tuesday to me. I don't care whether it's Thursday. But I want to draw your attention to a scripture that mentions a day. Retired or not, we must never forget. Please turn in your Bible to Psalm 110, verse 3. The people shall be volunteers in the day of your power. In the beauty of holiness, from the womb of the morning, you have the dew of your youth. Hold the scripture. From the womb of the morning basically is indicative of the creator. It is God who initiates this life. It's initiated in the day of his power. But also, can you put the scripture back up? Oh, it's up here, but I want them to see it. Can you, can you throw it back up there? Yes? Oh, here. Oh, I'm looking there. You should tell me. I didn't see this one. I could read this one better anyway. So, See, you wouldn't get that either unless you're retired about reading things better. There's some things I don't even bother reading. I just asked somebody, what does it say? Okay, enough of those old people jokes. All right, your people shall be volunteers. When? In the day of your power. Everybody read it. In the day of your power. In the beauties of holiness from the womb of the morning. It is God's birthing of life in this particular day. And you have the dew of your youth. What he was suggesting here is that you have energy, dunamis, ability, power to be able to function in the day of your power that you will volunteer. Now the word volunteer here is very critical and we're going to look at this just for a few minutes because in the simplest definition a volunteer is someone who freely without any legal obligation chooses to act in a recognition of a need. Mark 10.45 says this, For even the Son of Man 
did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. So Christ came to serve, and he expects us to serve also freely, but not out of compulsion. There are many reasons why people volunteer. Let me give you three of them from the prophet Isaiah. If you study the prophet Isaiah, which was one of my favorite prophets and favorite books of the Old Testament, number one, he volunteered because he had an appreciation for what God did for him. When you recognize and appreciate what God's done for you, it will cause you to volunteer to his service. One of my prayers throughout the day, I try to do it at least three times a day, sometimes four or five. First thing in the morning when I wake up before I close my eyes at night, Father, I want to thank you today for food, clothing, shelter, for air to breathe and water to drink and the breath of God that filled my lungs. In Jesus' name. I just want him to know I appreciate water. I appreciate air. I appreciate clothing shelter, and food. It helps me to recognize that my source is God. Second reason why Isaiah volunteered is because the realization that he had for the need of Israel. When you realize the need of people, it changes your attitude toward them. There are some people that are very mean, mean-spirited, maybe short-tempered. But a person who's volunteered in the kingdom understands that it's not the treatment that you're receiving that defines that person, nor should it alter your reaction to them, but the fact that you go deeper and realize that they have a need. When you can... When you can identify the need that they have, you can release the ministry. Third reason why Isaiah volunteered. It is because he had a recognition of God's will being released in the earth. I want to share today just three simple points on why we need to volunteer in the kingdom of God. If you go back to Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15, I don't think I have that back there. Can you throw it up real quick or do I need to just pull it up? I'll just pull it up. Listen to what it said. Now, if you know Nehemiah, how many know the story of Nehemiah? Most of you? Well, if you don't, Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. And he heard that the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down. And it so grieved him it moved him to action, to volunteering. He went back to Jerusalem, and in 52 days, 52, they rebuilt the walls because the people were willing to work. Listen to what happened, though. This is key. Verse 16, when all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of God. Here we go. And it happened when all of our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things, they were disheartened in their own eyes. 
Now, I'm going to share with you a challenge. Cleveland, I'm challenging you. When you decide to volunteer, and I'm going to call it the summer of service for Jesus. Not 52 days, but I'm asking you for 90 days of volunteerism in your local church. You say, well, why do I need to do that? They got plenty of help. They don't need any. I don't have time. You need all these reasons. Listen, look, look at this verse again. It happened when all of our enemies heard of it. Heard of what? That the wall was completed. How did the wall get completed? Because Nehemiah was burdened. His burden was translated and transferred into the people who volunteered willingly. The scripture tells us that in one hand they had a trowel and in another hand they had a sword. They didn't bathe nor did they change their clothes. Fifty-two days they stood by the wall until it was completed. But when it was completed, when the people volunteered, look what happened. All the nations around them saw these things and became disheartened. Northeastern Ohio has an enemy. And the enemy has been emboldened. The enemy is encroaching. But I've got a suggestion that if we all volunteer for the kingdom of God, establishing an undeniable testimony of the Lordship of Jesus Christ in this place, by the time that we complete the wall, we are going to see the enemy that was emboldened become disheartened and defeated. How many can say amen? Another translation says it this way. Not only were they disheartened, but there was an awe of God established among the nations. An awe of God. Now, I... I talk to a lot of pastors. You know, I pastored for 40 years. If you're new to the church, I used to pastor here, and I did that for a long time. So pastors will call me, and they'll say, hey, Lou, I, I just want to know. I'm going to get some insight. I want to pick your brain. I want to talk to you a little bit. How do you get people to volunteer in your church? We can't get enough workers for church, children's church. I can't get no, enough ushers. I can't get anybody to help. What do you, what do, you do? And I said, well, what we must do is help them to walk in the power of God. Now, what do I mean by that? If you go back to my original scripture in Psalm 110, please put that back up. And verse 3, look what the scripture says. Your people shall be volunteers. When? Say it out loud. In the day of your power. There has to be a recognition of that day. You can't be like Lou going on a walk in the morning and say happy Tuesday when it's Thursday. And I believe the church has forgotten the day that we are in. It's the day of his power. We just celebrated Pentecost Sunday. They were all together in one place, in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. The church was birthed. We are in the day of the dunamis, the power of God. If you recognize that that's the day we're in, it will move you, it will motivate you to, to lay hold of the vision and to volunteer to establish the kingdom of God. You can't help yourself. Last week, I did something kind of weird. I went to church, but I went to my old church. 
It was the church I grew up in, Hungarian Reformed United Church of Christ. Now, it's in South Lorraine. I pulled up 10 minutes before the service. There was four cars out on the street. They don't have a parking lot. They have park on the street. Four cars. I thought, well, maybe we're early. I'm, it's only, well, we're only 10 minutes early. I walked in the building, and in this foyer area, there were tables set up, and there were about eight people sitting there. And I said, hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Lewis, and I used to attend here when I was a kid. My father was buried from this church. Da, 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 da. Oh, good to have you. I said, well, is we the service, they go upstairs to the sanctuary that seats about 300. And I said, are we going for the service? Because that's what I remember. They said, no, there's only a few of us. We just sit at the tables and let the pastor talk to us. And immediately I began to feel grieved in my spirit. I met another man who said to me, yeah, I gave a large donation to fix the foundations, the leaks in the roof, and to pay the pastor's salary. Later, the pastor told me this, we're living on borrowed time. When this money runs out, we will not be able to stay open. We're going to have to close the doors. Now, I have to tell you, I am not Hungarian Reformed, United Church of Christ, but I'm kingdom and all of a sudden, my spirit said, I almost wanted to join their church. I almost wanted to go back and say, let me help. We'll have a prayer meeting. We'll call on God. We'll believe the Lord. We'll get a new worship team. We'll begin to pray intercessory. We're going to begin to prophesy. I felt the need to volunteer. But I realized that wasn't the place to volunteer because they don't know the day of his power. And some of you have come from churches or religious institutions, I should say, that didn't operate in the day of his power. And so now we think that the kingdom of God is only for us to observe, but it's for participation. Everybody has a gift. If you're in the day of power, you've been given a gift from the Holy Ghost. Everybody in this room, tap them, say, you got a gift. Everybody has a gift. And if you have a gift, it is used to, it is to be employed in the day of his power. How? To volunteer, to freely give that gift into establishing an undeniable testimony of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The healer, the deliverer, our salvation, the joy maker, the provider to establish his name. Why? Because we want the enemies to grow faint in heart. And we want everybody in this area to be in awe of God. So it's in your court today. It is in my court today to decide what I'm going to do. Here's the three points you thought I forgot. Number one, Deborah arose. Israel was under siege and needed a deliverer. 
And the Bible says in Joshua chapter 5 and verse 7, something didn't happen until. Everybody say until. That means there's a moment in time that there was a shift. Something occurred. Something occurred. You know what it was? Deborah volunteered. I told Pastor Greg Ball 15 years ago he needs to go to Florida and start his church. I said, there are people down there waiting for you to come and won't be saved until you get there because you have a gift. You have to volunteer to go to put your life on the line, to take a risk. And he did. And today, they run three services on Sunday morning, 8, 10, and 12. They had over 1,000 people there last Sunday. Just bought 42 acres of property. But they went down with just a vision to help people come out of darkness into his marvelous light. And when you give your gifting to God, things happen. When Deborah gave herself to the cause, to the purpose, the scripture says, until Deborah rose to be a mother in Israel, she said, I'll do it. I remember a church on the North Coast when I was first saved. Now, some of you don't know me back then. That was 50 years ago. I was saved 50 years in April. That's older than that whole front row right there. <laughs> I'll say 50 years, man. April 21st, this past April. And I remember coming into the church. I was, I was the Jesus revolution. I had hair on my shoulders. I was a hippie. I had probably smoked weed before I went to church on Sunday. I didn't know any different until I got saved. I just flipped my hair back. Got saved. And I remember the pastor saying, we're going to have a rock party this Saturday. I'm like, yeah. Came to the right place, man. Woo! A rock party, yeah, count me up. He said, how many want to come? I said, I'm coming. <laughs> I love doing that now. There ain't much up there to do that with. <laughs> and you know what the rock party was? They were going to plant grass in front of building one. And he said, what we're going to do is we're going to take these five-gallon buckets and we're going to walk through the, through the dirt and pick up all the rocks. Put them in a bucket and pile them up over here. I said, I've never been to that kind of rock party before. But I volunteered because something in me was pulling me to my five-gallon bucket, was pulling me to say yes to the preacher was pulling me to see grass come out of dirt. I don't know what it was, but that same spirit is still in me today. That's what made me in my church last Sunday want to join that church and help them. And I got connected to people. 
They had their bucket, I had my bucket. We were walking and we were talking, walking and talking, picking up rocks, walking and talking, picking up rocks. And they were schooling me. Some of the older saints, they were schooling me. They were teaching me. They were discipling me. When we walk along the way, when you lie down, when you rise up in the morning, teach your children these truths. I was one of their children of the house. A mother rose up, a father rose up, and I followed their lead. Church, listen to me. We are going to warm the hearts of Israel when we volunteer and become willing participants in this kingdom. Judges 5 and 2, the leaders of Israel stood up and the people offered themselves willingly. You see, our pastor, our pastors will stand up. In other words, they will be emboldened. You two stand up, please. They will stand up. When, when they see us volunteer, they throw them shoulders back and say, look at this church. Stand up, come on, stand up, both of you. Where's the other pastors? Come on, pastors, stand up, stand up. Come on, Jeremiah, get up. Elder, Pastor Jeremiah, get up. Any other pastors? Am I missing him? See, wait, there you, Pastor Marcus, I'm sorry, I'm just looking around. Hey, listen to me. Thank you, Pastor Kyle. Listen, when the people volunteer, you know what you do to these folk? From walking like this, you had to go up to the church and open up the doors and we're going to have some church. I sure hope people come to church this Sunday. All of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we going to church. We going to church. We going to church. That's what they do. Don't you? Don't you get emboldened when you see the people showing up, when they become volunteers. Don't you get excited. Don't you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't you, don't you start feeling invincible. Show me an invincible walk, Jeremiah. Come on, give me a walk. Invincible. Yeah, come on. All right, Pastor Marcus, come on, give me an invincible walk. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Hand in the pocket, leaning to the right, strutting down the highway, looking at anybody to say, come on, come on, come on. You want to mess with this? Right? Uh, okay, come on, Pastor Dominic, give me a walk. Yeah, give me a walk. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, dear. No, no, get up, get up. I'll show you. We're going to walk together when the people. You see? You feel it? You feel it? Yeah. Stick your chest out. Walk. You're walking, right? You guys want to walk with me? Come on. Come on, walk with me. We're going to scare the devil. Come on, Pastor Kyle. We're going to walk. We're going to show the devil we're not afraid of him. Don't walk around cow-tailing. Walk right in and say, hey, we're in charge. We are the people of God. We're, we're Holy Ghost folk. We come in here to rescue. We come in here to set free. We come in here to bind the devil. Right? Come on, brother. Cowtail in here, walking around like, man, I don't know what they're going to say. I don't care what they say. Who's in charge? But when the people don't volunteer, your leaders become weak. 
I've always said this. The congregation has the pastor that they deserve. You could either embolden him, empower him or her, or they become weak. That's the principle out of Deborah. Point number two, David gathered for the next generation. One of my prayers every day is not only for my children and their marriages, my grandchildren and their marriages, and my great and my great-grandchildren, but my great-greats yet to be born. Did you know that I've already prayed for Riley, for Jackson, for Judah's babies, for Mila and for Tommy's babies, for Preston and Logan and Oakland's babies? Why? Because I'm a patriarch. I volunteered in the kingdom of God, and the devil can't get to my fourth generation unless he goes through me. Come on, somebody. You can't come to this house unless you come through me. You can't come to my family unless you come through me. You're going to have to come through me. Back over in Lorraine, we bought like 12 or 10 acres of property where the big sanctuary is sitting now. And, and we had five or eight acres that we had to plant grass in. So I remembered that my pastor had a rock party on the two acres in front of building one, the first sanctuary. So I thought, I'm going to throw a rock party. <laughs> so I, I'm not so serious. I learned from my pastor. So I said, all right, on Saturday, y'all, we're having a rock party. Everybody's like, okay, what is that? Show up at 10 o'clock. We're going to have a rock party. I got five-gallon buckets for you. We're going to plant grass back here to six acres of grass where the parking lot is now. Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, there were eight people there, eight. At that time, we were running about 12 or 1,300 people, eight people. Half of them were my family. And I'm looking at that six acres and all them buckets that I went and got from Home Depot for nothing. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I was disheartened. When the people volunteer, who gets disheartened? The devil. The enemy gets disheartened. When the people don't volunteer, who gets disheartened? So I'm out there picking up rocks on Jesus, and I'm picking up these rocks. <laughs> hey, my back hurts. Pick up these rocks. I don't know where all them people are at. Just, they come Sunday, praise the Lord, bless me, Lord. I'm like, you need to come out here on Saturday, help me pick up these rocks. <laughs> come on. First, see, I could do this because I'm not pastor anymore. I can just come in here and mess up. Just mess up and say, okay, heal it up then. Heal it up. First Chronicles 29.7, the gave toward the work on the temple of God. See, every day that I live is not for me. It's for my great-greats. My great-greats yet to be born. My great-greats. I lay claim to them. David laid claim to them. How? By what he gave willingly in his generation. Who is it that you haven't met yet that's in your line 
that you are preparing for. Better think of it because they're coming. And they're either going to come into a confused, conflicted world. Oh, I didn't tell you about that, did I? Let's go back to Deborah real quick. Judges 5 and verse 9. My heart is worn by those in Israel called to command them who offered willingly themselves willingly to the Lord. Verse 7. Until Deborah rose to be a mother in Israel, there was confusion in their faith and there was conflict in their lives. Two elements when we lack volunteers. Number one is confusion. Now, I, 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 if I was the janitor, I ain't cleaning up. I, am, I refuse to clean up. What, what do cats poop in? Litter box. I refuse to clean up a litter box at an elementary school because a fifth grader identifies as a cat. Wait a minute. It's true. She identifies as a cat, dresses like a cat, meows like a cat, and in a litter box. And if I was a janitor, I'd say, you could take your litter box and go with it because I'm not cleaning it up. You don't think we have confusion in this generation? You don't think there's confusion along Canal Road? You don't think there's confusion in Cleveland and City Hall? There's confusion. Why? Because the people have not volunteered. Conflict. There's conflict everywhere. Conflict politically. Conflict economically. Do you know there's 30 world wars or wars going on right now as we stand here? 30 in our world right now. 30 conflicts. You know about the Ukraine war because it gets the most published uh, uh, press. But you know there's 29 other wars? Conflicts. But notice, when Deborah arose, she addressed the confusion and the conflicts of a generation. Oh, man, I am so excited about this. Because when we make a decision, I'm asking you, give me 90 days. Give me 90 days until September 11th. Today's June 11th. Volunteer this summer for Jesus for 90 days in one area of the ministry for 90 days. After 90 days, you're released. Conflict, confusion will have to go. All will be established and the enemy will be faint-hearted because of your volunteerism. What happened on, what happened on September 11th? Huh? The enemy encroached our borders, didn't he not? He flew one of our airplanes. He flew two of our airplanes into the World Trade Center. Killed 3,000 people. Don't you forget it. But more than that, the enemy is crossing our borders of our homes, our marriages, our finances. He's crossing into wherever he wants to go, undaunted, unchallenged. But we're not going to let him. Because on September 11th, we'll look back and say, look what God has done. Conflict result, confusion result, and you'll watch people get saved. Number three, this is it. How many people believe in miracles? Then you believe I'm going to be done in about five minutes. <laughs> okay, I got you. 
You shall receive what? Power. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of parts of the earth. It's dunamis, God's miraculous power and ability. See, our volunteering is predicated upon the gifting of the Holy Spirit. But that gifting of the Holy Spirit is predicated upon recognizing the day that we're in. Stop acting retired. You go to work. Come on. If you ain't dead, you're not done. Look at somebody said, if you're not dead yet, you're not done yet. I just don't have the energy like I used to have. I get tired about 2 o'clock. I can't hardly get going to 2 o'clock. I often wonder why retired people go eat dinner at 4, 8, 4 p.m. I'm like, why are you all going to dinner at 4 p.m.? Man, I'm ready to go out at 7, 8 o'clock. Now, guess what time T and I go to dinner? 4 p.m. I'll beat the crowd, man. 6 o'clock, I got my pajamas on. Find a movie or something. 9.30, well, baby, it's time to go to bed. The church has got retirement down, but you ain't old enough to retire yet. I'm almost done, I promise. I'm almost done. See, the gift has to be exercised. Everybody say exercised. Nobody likes exercise. Pastor Dom likes exercise. Throw that picture back up there, Pastor Dom, uh, for the offering or whatever that was with that beautiful sweater he had. Do you got that? Look at him. That's skinny Dom. Come up here, Pastor. No, no, come up here. Come on. You got to work with me, man. Come on. You got to work with me. I'm, I'm going to be gone in a minute. You don't have to worry about it. Come on up here. Take that pose. Yeah. Take that pose. Put that chest out a little bit. All right, now you see that chest? It was all like mine, flat. Look at this. His chest is like. And his arms are like, like pretzels twisted. But look, make it, make it, make it, make it. Brother Church, there's no yeah, way. Come on. There's no way. No. What is this? What is this? Come on. Give me. You know how you got that? Exercise. Some of us have got gifts, but they're hidden. You got to exercise it. For about 14 months, I've had back pain. And I'm like, man, I don't know what's going on with this pain. Pain, get out! I'm yelling at it, praying, speaking. It's still there. Every morning I get up, it's like, hey. So I bought four mattresses over the last 14 months because I was persuaded that it was my mattress causing my back pain. That's a lot of money, four mattresses. Not one of them helped me. Finally, I went to a doctor. He said, let's do an MRI. And I found out that I have a bulging disc in the lumbar four and five pressing on my spinal cord. I'm like, oh. He said, also, by the way, you've got degenerative disc disease. I said, I do not. <laughs> he said, yes, you do. I said, well, I, okay, whatever you say. What, do I, what should I do about it, doc? He said, well, we can go pain management. We can go surgery. Probably ain't going to help, but we can maybe try to get you some relief. Or you can go to physical therapy. I said, I'll take PT. I like that. I'll take PT. 
Okay, so I go to the PT guy. You know what he does to me? He hurts me. Where? Right where it hurt. He took his fingers and he gouged his fingers down in my back. He said, is that it? I'm like, yes! I said, what are you doing? He said, I'm doing that because I have to hurt you to heal you. I said, wait a minute, you preaching now. <laughs> Jamie started preaching to me. He said, here's the exercises I want you to do. Do these twice a day. Come see me twice a week. I said, do I get off Saturday or Sunday? I said, no, twice a day. Morning and evening, do these exercises. There were seven of them. Let me show you if I can get down. So this is what he said. Put your legs up. Put your arms up. Put your arm out and leg down. Hold. Two. One. Now your other leg. Two. One. Now that's one. I said, no, that was two. <laughs> he said, no, not my math class. Two is one. Do 24 of those. I said, really? He goes, yeah. I said, why? He said, because here's the key. Your weak spot here has to be strengthened by the muscles around it. I said, now you preaching again, Jamie. I said, you mean to tell me that if there is a weak spot in the church, if everybody will exercise around that weak spot, then we can overcome the deficit of what's weak because we will be made strong. Let the weak say, I am strong in the Lord. But if you all ain't going to do the PT, if you're not going to exercise your gift, then we're just going to stay weak and anemic. So I'm going to close with this. Out in the foyer, I believe we have sign-up sheets, correct? Can I get those, copy of each of those, please? May I have some up here? Um, now, my altar call today is going to be a little different. I'm asking every man, boy, girl, woman, to uh, give me 90 days. 90 days of volunteering in the kingdom. Why? Because we want to, one, number one, want to make the enemy faint, and we want the awe of God established right here in Cleveland. You say, well, I don't know how that's going to make any difference. Listen, on the authority of God's word, it's going to make all the difference. All we need is people with a willingness to build. Now, some of you already volunteer, I understand. Thank you, ma'am, so much. Could you just lay them over there? I don't know how many you have there. One, two, we just separate them. Three, four, five. Okay, great. Now, what I'm going to ask you to do, and there's some out in the foyer too, correct? Okay, good. You could either go that way or this way. But I'm going to be watching if you're going out that way to see if you leave without signing. <laughs> and I'm going to take a picture because I got my camera right here. And then next week, we're going to put your picture on the screen and say, they are not volunteering. That's how we're going to do that, okay? Okay? I'm just teasing. I would never do that. I would never do that. I think about it, but I would never do it. 
So here's what I'd like for us to do. I don't know, is there a song about the day of his power? You should write one. That's a powerful truth, the day of his power. But see, people don't know the day that we're in the day of power if they're retired. They don't know what day it is. We just go to church. We can't hardly figure out if it's Sunday. Come on, church. Isn't it time for us to rise up? Isn't it time for us to be like Deborah, that when she arose, conflict and confusion ceased? You know what I was impressed by when I walked in here today? Y'all have carpet. When I was here, they didn't have carpet. Pastor Tossi, it was just paint on the concrete. Y'all got carpet. These screens are amazing. I mean, man, they are amazing. And, and the foyer out there. And I saw so many people standing, serving. And, and you look back there now, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm like, man, look at all the people that are volunteering. But we need to double it. Because we're in a conflicted, confused time. And that's the only remedy that I can find in the Bible. So I'm asking you, ask the Holy Spirit where, whether it's children's ministry. You know, some people say, oh, I don't know, I, I'm not good with kids. Let me ask you a question. Were you ever a kid? Well, then be good to yourself. Kids like two things. Number one, their shoes. When they get new shoes, all you got to do is say, wow, look at those shoes. I bet you could run fast. And they take off running. I'm like, whoo, you run fast. It's simple to be a children's church worker. What about an usher? An usher services the presence of God in the house. They just don't take the offering. They're praying in the Holy Ghost throughout the service. They're watching what needs may be uh, arising in the ministry. What about a greeter? I love being a greeter. I, for over 30 years, stood at the door at Lorraine Church and greeted people when they come in. And when they brought their little babies, I'd get down on my knee and I'd say, Hey, baby, how are you? That's a pretty dress. Man, you got some big muscles. And they'd give me a hug. They'd say, Love you, Pastor. I said, I love you. And then I'd stand up and I'd say, Oh, hi, guys. The mom and dad. I'm just like, How you doing? And now some of those kids are now in the church with kids. But when you're a greeter, someone walks through the door and the Holy Spirit says, their heart is heavy. Pray for them. You could see a countenance of someone, how they walk in, shoulders drooped, bent over. You say, hey, how are you doing today? I want you to know that God has a great plan for your life. I would love to be able to pray with you just for a minute before you go into the sanctuary. Let you know how much God loves you. Is that okay? That's how you greet. You greet them and welcome them. Make them feel like they're the most important person in your life at any given moment. The person that's standing before you ought to be it. If they're not, you're not saved. you got to be saved to be a greeter. Whatever, whatever ministry. Would you give me 90 days? Sign up today and let's change Northeastern Ohio by the volunteering, exercising of our gift and defeating the enemy, concluding on September 11th and say, take that devil. Your encroachment is over. Do you believe it?
bow your heads. Father, I'm here today and I thank you that I'm going to give myself to this work like never before. I'm going to do it by faith. I'm going to volunteer some area and give of my energy, time, and talent in Jesus' name. Nobody looking around. If that's you, you say, hey, Lou, I, 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 I'm going to volunteer. I'm a, you count me as one of those for 90 days. If that's you, would you lift your hand so I could see it? Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I got you. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, really, when you think about it, it's not 90 days. How many weeks are in a month? Four and times three. It'd be 12, right? 12? Am I thinking right? 12? So it'd really be only 12 days of giving greeter, usher, children's church, whatever it is. Not 90. You got to do it every day. But if you can't do that, you could make a call to somebody. You could say, hey, office, let me know if there's a bereaved, if there's somebody that's lonely, if there's somebody that just lost a spouse, I want to call them and encourage them and let them know that Jesus loves them. I can do that from home. I can work from home. What do you think of that? All right, stand up with me. professional photographer I don't have any photo here I got a professional photo lift your hand to Jesus Father bless the house of God as we go now we go in the day of your power and we ask it in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. live right love everybody don't pick and choose pray hard not light because it's a tough day that we live in we'll see you next time God bless you all